I'm Kristen Kelly, and this is Mom School. I love my work, but I love my life and my family more. Right. And even though I love what I do, and you know, we were just on a company call before this for an hour, and I had gone to two pickups, you know, mask and gloves and you know, it's like almost like living in a new world of work-life balance, but to be able to really be present, it's hard. Hi guys, how are we doing? I am trying to get on a regular cadence with releasing my podcast episodes and clearly I am struggling, but I've read that that's what you're supposed to do when you have a podcast. So just bear with me. I went to leave the house this morning and Ava was hysterically crying because Trey had just left and she has a doctor's appointment in a few hours. So I just decided to bring her with me. So we are currently in Trey's office. She decided that she wanted to change into a princess dress from the dress that she has on. So she's in her, I don't have a princess dress with me, so she's in her underwear bribed her with a cake pop and apple juice to be quiet so I can quickly record this intro for the episode today, which is with Molly Sims, who is one of my favorite people in the entire world. She's a supermodel. She's an actress. And most importantly, she's my very favorite Instagram follow. She has three kids. Her son, Brooks, is eight. Her daughter, Scarlett, is five. And her little son, Gray, is three. Her husband is the man behind a lot of awesome Netflix stuff, Scott Stuber. And Molly just keeps it real. If you follow her, you know that she has a great sense of humor and she's really freaking funny. But she is also really honest and transparent and candid about her journey to and her experience with motherhood so far. We talk about her unconventional start to motherhood, fertility, freezing her eggs, IVF. We talk about her cancer scare and why she was 204 pounds postpartum. We talk about severe postpartum anxiety, some coping mechanisms her therapist gave her. And then we also talk about the recent loss of her beloved mama. And she shares some really sweet advice that her mother gave her. There are some tears. I feel like everybody cries on my podcast, but I, I think that maybe maybe that's a good thing because it means people are being real. And if you haven't checked out her website, mollysims.com, it is a treasure trove of all of her beauty, fashion, wellness secrets and tips and tricks from decades in the industry. And if you don't follow her on Instagram, go do that now. With no further ado, here is my chat with the awesome Molly Sims. So after all you went through to find your husband, get pregnant, and you go through this thyroid cancer scare, how would you describe the postpartum period and early motherhood? You have to commit times. I'm very scheduled. I have a great person who helps me. And I do the best I can for them. Yeah. And for yeah. me. I've asked women on red carpets before, and some of them don't like when you ask, how do you balance being a mother and working. And I totally get that because only the women are asked that question, right? So the one actress who I asked this to, she's like, do you ask the men this question? I'm like, no, that's a really good point. I should ask the men too. But I also think it's something women want to know because we're all 
struggling to do it all. You know, it's something's got to give and how we each balance that is interesting. Will you tell me about your journey to motherhood? I wrote a post very early on in COVID that no one will ever question what a stay-at-home mom does again. For for (laughs) those of you out who did question it. God, it's so true. You're never going to say that again. Um, You know, I'm from Kentucky. I went to Vanderbilt. I had an opportunity in New York that with the backing of my mom, I ended up going just to take a semester off and getting the opportunity to model. And then I made the leap to Europe. And that's where you could work because there's more magazines and there's much more opportunity when you start out to try to create your book. And so I lived there almost for six, seven years, going back and forth from 1994, 95 to 2002. And then I ended up getting the cover of French Vogue and Sports Illustrated. And I started doing things. So I made my way to New York and then on to LA. And I took an acting class and ended up taking a course for over two years, right before I got an opportunity to be on Las Vegas, which was on NBC for five years. I was a little bit late in starting my jaunt to motherhood. You know, it's funny. I was just with my girlfriends and my lifelong girlfriends that I've not seen with COVID almost for six months now. And we were talking about just how to get to the beginning of motherhood, you know, And I said, you know, I've always been one to hate change, but I always say the best things that happen are with change. And I think that allowed me to really kind of try anything and everything. You know what I mean? Like when one door closed, another one would open. It made me learn to bet on myself and really, for lack of a better word, to hustle. Someone said something about me the other day, like, all you need is hustler. You're a hustler. I am. I'm a hustler. But with motherhood... I relate to that so much. I get what you're saying. My prince did not come very early. I met some great princes, but I didn't meet the ultimate one until I was in my late 30s. And so I had already actually started down the IVF route. I was playing pregnant on Vegas and... I turned 35, 36, and I'm like, oh my God, I want a baby. More importantly, I want a family, but I want a baby. And I was very concerned at that time. Like, and this was, you know, 10 years ago, almost 10 years ago. (laughs) (laughs) It's kind of wild to think about, right? I know. And I knew that I was, you know, I just, I really always wanted to be a mom. And so I had gone before I met my husband to talk about it. And I was like, I really want to freeze my eggs. You know, I know no one really does it. They're like, oh, you need to freeze embryos. I'm like, I know, but I really want to freeze my eggs. And he was like, you don't have a partner. I was like, I know. And he was like, don't worry. We can, he was like going on the cryo bank. I was like, no, 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 no. I still believe I'm going to find somebody. I still think we're not there just yet. (laughs) We're just talking about the ovaries. We're just talking about the egg area. We're not, I think we're pretty good here. Anyway, so he's like, I'm sure we could find somebody if I just walk outside, but no, (laughs) no, that's okay. So I was so like kind of thrown that I waited about a year and a half to go back. And that time I had met my husband and really put myself out there and really saying to him that I'm going to do this. And this is ultimately my plan. And 
And so I ended up going through IVF and freezing embryos. And then we got married about eight months later on September 24th. And I got pregnant on my honeymoon. So our journey into motherhood started about exactly about nine days after my wedding. Wait, so you guys met and you froze embryos, the two of you, without mm-hmm. having been married. Mm-hmm. This man is obsessed with you. <laughs> I know. Well, I was engaged. And I, that's amazing. You know, I know it's I funny, mean, you know, my girlfriend, but we kind of got into a little bit of an argument and she's like, I just can't believe you're going to do this. You're going to lose him. You're going to scare him away, you know, and granted all of those horrible, crazy thoughts I thought, but I also it seems thought to have worked out at the same fine. time, if I'm going to scare him away over that, then ultimately I'm going to scare my way anyway. You know, like I really knew at that point what I wanted and I wanted them with him. And then if that wasn't going to happen, I was prepared to, you know, freeze some eggs on my own. I love that you got to a point where you were like, unfortunately the clock is ticking, which I hate that that has to happen, but I can't do anything about it. I need to take action so I can live the life that I want. I was not in a great place. I was ending something that I shouldn't have been in a relationship that I should not have been in. I can um, be a little like, can't get out of things. Save a dead bird on the side of a road. If it has the disease, I will love you even more. Um, but <laughs> I was determined not to do that anymore. So I had picked a lane and the lane was to find someone that wasn't a dead bird. I've spoken to so many women who want to be mothers and they feel like their clock is ticking. I mean, they have like wine socials where you go and you like freeze your head. Like it's a kind of different now. Well, I feel. One of my best friends is one of the heads of Kind Body, which is a great organization for women. It's not as expensive. You can get really good advice. They walk you through just like a step-by-step of like, here, if you're thinking about this, here's the step that you would take. You don't have to do ultimately go all the way, but it's definitely a really good resource that I'm glad women have now because back in the day, like you had to research and research and not tell anybody. And, you know, I was horrified that, you know, my five girlfriends knew and God don't tell anybody because, you know. Now I feel like it's become much more commonplace, which is I think really great. So you wound up never using the embryos yeah. because you got pregnant on your honeymoon. I ended up having a thyroid problem after my first baby that was pretty horrific. I was saying to all the women out there, if you think something's wrong, it probably is. Had gained almost 80 something pounds during my first pregnancy. I went from probably the best, I felt so great at my wedding, 100 and 20, 30, I don't even know, pounds to 204 pounds on the day I gave birth at Cedars. And I remember my mom coming out to see me like a month before I had him. And she said to me, I think something's wrong with you. And I said, I think something's wrong with me too. Mm -hmm. And it's not that anyone wouldn't listen. It was just, it's your first baby. Of course you're nauseous. Of course you're tired. Oh honey, I'm sure you're just eating those extra fries. All those things were true, but not that much. And I started gaining weight in my neck Mm -hmm. and I had him and I would still say the same things. I'm like, 
I just feel really tired. Like, I just feel like I don't look like me. Like I work out four times a week. I work out hard. I'm trying to eat less. Anyway, cut to long story short, I went to one of my doctors. I walked in. He said, you look like a linebacker. No offense taken, but something is definitely off. The next day I had an ultrasound. They pulled me over on the 405 and said, we've got to get you in to biopsy for thyroid cancer. You have goiters and the whole thing. And my numbers were off. They weren't crazy off. And that's why I love my endocrinologist, Dr. Geller, so much because he always tells women, like, it's not just about the number. So if it's supposed to be between two and a four and it's, it's a three, that's good. But if it's supposed to be between a two and a four, two and a six, and it's at a two, that's not good. Or it's at a six, that's not good. And again, it's not just a number. And I always say that to women, like if you get a bad IVF number or an FSH that's high or too low or an AMH number, that's not what you want to. I go, it's not just the number. It's, it's mixed. And so that's such a good point. It's such a good point. And so they listened to me and I got on the medicine and I did not have thyroid cancer. I get screened. I did used to get screened every six months. Now I get screened every year and I'm still on the medicine. But when I lost the weight, it took me about 16 months ultimately to lose it all. And the medicine helped like that. I mean, really just helped me mentally because, you know, you're with the baby, you're tired, you're, you know, my first baby was born with a tooth and no one really believed me in the hospital. I was like, I really think something's going on. And so I come to find out he did have a tooth. It was not a milk tooth. It finally fell out at the age of three and oh breastfeeding was like, a, you know, it was like a vampire facial on my boobs. Motherhood for me with Brooks was definitely hard from the thyroid to, I was, didn't matter what I did. I put an immense amount of pressure on, I know it still makes me teary, um, on breastfeeding. And, you know, people really, mom shames me, you know, and I, I, this woman, oh my gosh, what is her name? She is incredible. Um, I was with her for all three, Linda Hannah and Linda. She's amazing. Linda Hannah. She is, if you ever need a lactation specialist in California, she's amazing. She used to run the program at Cedars and she has a truck that she comes and she just really got me through like a really difficult time. And she goes, we got to feed this baby some formula. And so she goes, we're just going to feed a little, you know, after the third, she's ultimately the one on the first that made me stop. I was taking like 18 herbs. Like, I mean, I did this. I did, I did everything. And she was really such a constant. And I cannot thank her enough because that about put me under. I was really I'm, depressed over it. And I just was, I just don't make milk. I mean, I made a little bit and finally by the third baby, she goes, are we really going to try this? I'm like, we're really going to try it. (laughs) This is why we love you so much. This is why, because I struggled breastfeeding horribly. I mean, it just, she wouldn't eat. And I felt this insane amount of pressure over something I look back now and I'm like, the kid is fine. What was I so stressed about? Because they make you feel like it's poison. You know, I always say to women, like they come out of you 
and you automatically have mom guilt. And I would see these women and they just stick that baby on the boob. And I watched a friend of mine, Allison's daughter. I swear, I'm like, I watched her breastfeed. I'm like, <laughs> I was like, and she kind of looked at me and we have three kids, almost all identical in age. And I was like, I'm so sorry, Allison. But like, did you really just make that much fucking milk? <laughs> and she was like, yeah. And I was like, that would take me like nine feet. I, I know. Wasn't Even though I did it, I mean, I did this much, this much. I have to tell you, we did, Um, I think my daughter was maybe a month old when I finally just said, I can't do this. Like for my mental health, I can't do this anymore. And there is like a gallery on moms who are okay, like formula feeding. And I'm going through it and I'm like, JLo, yes. And I'm like, okay, who else? And then it's like Adele said she hated breastfeeding. I was like, and it's like Molly Sims said that after oh however God. many months she introduced formula. And I was like, I can do it. <laughs> so I know, but being I open know. like I about this stuff is so important. That was really hard. It was a really hard time in my life to the point where like, I'm like, I, I love my baby. I want to enjoy my baby. I would look at the clock. What was the lactation consultant's advice that really helped you? Some can do it, some can't. If you can, great. If you can't, great. If you don't want to, great. If you want to, great. I she love this one. So em- she was so empowering. And she, listen, you know, the first is liquid gold. But like, she saw me. I mean, I would shake. I would cry. I would be like wearing a bottle. Like at one point it becomes, it just, you can't do it. Like, it's not worth it, you know? At what cost? I, it all depended six weeks, eight weeks, three months, like, I can't remember now, which, I mean, I would try. And then I remember the last time I would do it. I'm like, oh, I'm going to be so sad. And then I'm like, not really. <laughs> I'm not really going to be. <laughs> I would have those things, you know, like, and as they get older, it's like, you know, I remember wearing him. I'm like, you're wearing him wrong. I'm like, I hate you. <laughs> I don't even know who you are, but I hate you. Just things like, you know, putting in the car seat, I in the stroller, like those things would just like set me up. I'm like, why can't I put the stroller together? Why? I'm not stressed, but I am because I can't put it together. And it's weird as you look back and you think, I don't know, just I like how those little things out of these things. difference. Yeah. I think that's so helpful for moms who like you, I feel like you're in a very demanding phase of motherhood right now, but you're also right. able to look back and be like, gosh, it is, you know, like I this morning, about this he stuff. cried for 45 minutes. And because he hasn't been socialized in the past, my little gray, who's three, yes, yes. has been socialized in the past literally like four months. I have a few of them together, all my friends, and we have it in the backyard and it's socially distanced and they wear a mask. It's harder for him, but he cried and cried and cried and cried to the point where I'm like, I'm going to have a nervous breakdown. Don't leave me. How could you leave me? Don't take me. I just want to be with you. I can watch you work. Um, (laughs) I get that one too. I put just too much pressure on on myself as a mother. Just I worry, you know, like maybe just because like having gone through like with my mom dying, but I'm kind of always like that. Like I I worry like, oh God, what if something's going to happen or... Like, what if, you know, I end up speaking to someone because when something happens, it, it's like the plane crashes or like you have those thoughts are called, uh, I have those thoughts a lot. Anxiety, horrible anxiety. <laughs> no, it's like when it's almost made up to the point where like, it's, 
that probably will never happen. You know, the plane going or the car crashing or like, anyway, I talked to a therapist and, and she was just really good about saying how to talk yourself down from it, you know, before you like spiral. We breathe together. We're like, take a deep breath. Yeah. We're going to hug it out. But in my mind, you know, she was really good. She gave me some good advice on this is a real, it's not going to happen. This is just something that I have put my attention on. And she said, don't dwell on it. Do something else. Think about something else. Drink a glass of water. Switch what I'm doing because I can go down the rabbit hole. What's the word? Not inconsequential thinking. It's like a... I so like this. This is like totally up my alley. You can get real worked up. Like whether it be tantrums or just thinking something bad is going to happen or just feeling sad. You know what I mean? Like, but really taking those moments and don't just make them go away. When I mean do something else, I mean, acknowledge it. It's not true. Let's take a deep breath, sit in it for a second and move on. Cause if not, I can like start sweating. So would you say you had baby blues? Yeah, you definitely have, like once I had it with Brooks and then a little bit with Scarlett and then a little bit with Gray, like mine wasn't postpartum depression. Mine was more like, I would wake up, they're drowning. Oh, anxiety, serious, yeah. I have those kind of things. Like I would have these, like on my second baby, I had fallen asleep breastfeeding or holding him and I had rolled. And my husband came in, got me, got, I think it was Brooks underneath me and it scared the shit out of me. And it probably set off a few things of that. Oh my God, they're drowning. But I definitely, you know, I had a lot of hot sweats after the baby, just waking up in pools and your hormones dropping out of you. But I never had dark thoughts about my baby or myself. It was more about oh God, what if something happens to them? It's more of the postpartum anxiety kind of It was more of like the anxiety that you're in control of someone else's destiny in life. Like I know. And so many women feel this way, but they're embarrassed to feel this way because you're supposed to be happy. And it's women like you coming forward and saying, no, I have these terrible fears or whatever that lets people know that it's okay. So you said you talked to a therapist. Did you do anything else to sort of get out of the postpartum anxiety when you were in that period? Walking helped me. Exercising helped me. Again, it got me out of my head. And, you know, this is going to sound crazy, but Beyonce helped me. I you know, it. like, I'm not saying really Beyonce. I'm not saying her music. Yeah. I love you so much. But like, you know, I would just like start singing or like doing something that like gets you out oh. of your head. People know when I'm anxious or I'm nervous, I start cleaning. I'm pregnant. Therapeutic. It's therapeutic. Probably why I'm producing a organizing show. It's in a show? Yes. We're producing. Will you tell me about this? Hello Sunshine and I are producing a show for Netflix that's going to be out in September with the home edit, Clea and Joanna. They're incredible organizers out of Nashville. You have to have them on the show. They're incredible. It's going to be so fun. You guys have to tune in. You have your hand in like absolutely everything. I saw the beauty Facebook group, which you'll yes, see there. You guys, I mean, I am obsessed with all things beauty. And I think 
I always loved a package in my life, but <laughs> I really love knowing like, what do you use? What works for you? Like I have had a really hard journey with my skin. I had cystic acne. You cannot tell. I know you talked about that. Really bad. I had to go on Accutane. I was on tetracycline, diacycline, minocycline, you name it, cycline I was on. And then with my pregnancy, I started getting hyperpigmentation and melasma oh. really, really, really badly. And so to the point where my husband said, um, I needed to wash my face. It looked dirty. Thanks. Thanks, buddy. <laughs> just one more thing. I'm just glowing just in my dirtiness. What did you and use for that? I what used did you find a lot of different things. You know what I mean? I kind of have come up with this system and I'm always asking people like, oh, what do you like under eye? What do you like spot? What do you like? Okay. If you had one machine, what would it be? You know what I mean? So I love this wanted to create a group, a Facebook beauty group to those kind of beauty geeks like me, because I do want to feel good, you know, and I do want to look good. And my mom always taught me, if you look good, you feel good. And if you feel good, you look good. And I think I want moms to have that self-care and I want them to take, I know we don't have a lot of time. So just really getting in there and being like, this isn't, don't try this, try this. Or what do you think? Like really having that community. And then we're relaunching mollysims.com. It's going to be so good. We're having incredible writers and contributors. Um, And it's just going to be a place where all my experts can go. There are going to be amazing articles on acne, melasma, the best yoga pants. Yes. You got the best Um, workout gear. I know it. um, Your jewelry and workout gear. <laughs> year of ours. A girl named Shannon has a line and it's really good. But it's just gonna be really like a destination of all things Molly. I mean, I was in the industry for 20 years as a model and I got to meet so many incredible experts. And now as a mom and in an industry, it's just a place I can go and people can contribute. And we've got incredible experts. I started investing in some women back companies. Awesome. And it's gonna be good. I'm excited. And we're launching a podcast, hopefully in September as well, that you'll have to come on. I would love Um, to. What is it about? I can't give too much away, but it's definitely an open, honest conversation, getting pretty real, but also having a lot of fun and just honing in on topics that are very real and personal. I want you to host it. Do you host the podcast? I'm going to. That's what I want. I want a Molly... Sims podcast. I can tell you since you started making these TikTok videos, I have like my Instagram community of moms, right? And everybody is sending me these videos. They're like, I mean, everyone knows you as a model, right? A supermodel or as an actress. And then you've just kind of become this like mom that everybody wants to be friends. What's great about like my little videos or TikTok or just in general on following me is that, you know, I really love my girls. I love my tribe. I like my community. Like I am kind of like weird and funny and like I tend to make fun of myself a lot. That's what we need. So I just decided that I would let people in on that a little bit. At first I was like, someone's going to, this is so weird, but I'm like, I do fucking eat goldfish in the closet. Right. (laughs) I do, you know, what every woman has one. But I want it to be red 
<laughs> You've made lifted our spirits so much during quarantine. I know that you know it's just like homeschooling. And I think through the TikToks, I really can like even show like the ridiculousness of like things. You know what I yes. mean? Like yes, I do feel like I cook 365 meals a day, right? I cook, I clean, I clean and then I cook. <laughs> I cook the clean. It's true. The rest of my life. It's true. Um, I could talk to you for like 25 I know, you're hours. so great. Awesome. And I miss you. I wish you weren't people, even though I think for you and your life, this is so much better now. I know. You have such it's, a great community and people are obsessed with you. You know, because you, you're real. And that's, you know, mothers want that. And I always say like, maybe besides my TikTok videos, I'm like, she's not real on there. It's just the best version of what you want to put out. You know what I mean? What is the one lesson or the one piece of advice, the one thing that your mother instilled in you that you'll carry with you? There's two things. Be a mother to your children and not a friend. And then ultimately you can be the friend, but be the mother. She would always say, I'm I'm not your friend, I'm your mom. And then one day she goes, I'm your mom, but now I'm your best friend. And got the chills. Yeah. All moms that need to know how to keep a secret. That is probably the best advice. My mom was a vault. So she was just, she just taught me like with my children, like to really protect them, you know, and like really, really protect them. And really, if they tell you something, learn to keep a secret. And I think we all need help and it takes a village to raise these kids. But at the same time, like that trust that your child has in you to keep a secret can go miles in your relationship. I think that's, and I mean, she's Southern too. So she would always be like, go big or go home. So um, (laughs) that's the therapist's advice. But, and she was funny, you know, she was, I was going to say like, I was getting ready for, um, they were like, oh, they want you to have the Bluetooth. And so I was outside by the pool. The kids were swimming and they pushed me in fully clothed. I'm like, I could not find the AirPod case for the life of me. And long story short, the AirPod case is in the bottom of the pool. (laughs) But again, you know, like they pushed me in the pool and they thought that was the funniest thing in the world. You know what I mean? Like, you're a good sport. You guys check everything out. Be a part of my beauty scoop. I would love it. I love knowing your skin is insane. I have my Zoom filter on because I was trying to impress you. I do not have my Zoom. You better have it on if that's what you look look like normally. Zoom preferences. Hold on. <laughs> I wait. Where do I go? Okay, yeah, no. Uh, it's called like blur beauty mode or something. It's really silly. Yeah, but- no, but what's it under? Hold on. Virtual chat. Share screen. Audio. Video. Um, <laughs> touch of my appearance. Oh my god! I'm enabling it right now. 